So, we are on Chaf Gimel Amar Aleph. We were discussing the, the topic of entering a bathroom while wearing tefillin, uh, and we're still not finished with that. So we are on Chaf uh, Gimel Amar Aleph. We are about 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, about 25 lines from the bottom. Tanya Idach. So the first word of the line is La. La Shema Yafiach Bahen. Okay, so the five words in, Tanya Idach. So we established last week that there are different types of, of bathrooms. Again, in the olden times, what am I doing? Open, open. This is, this is but you want off. I presume it's taken already. So um, we, in the olden times, obviously, there was no underground plumbing, and so that everything was done above ground, and there was a difference between a base akisei arai or a base akisei kavua. Base akisei kavua was once someone already relieved themselves and, and took care of their business there, and now became a base, a base kisei kavua. So we said, and this is how we paskin, that no matter what you do in the bathroom, you have to take your tefillin off four amos before entering the bathroom, Yes. And you cannot put it back on until you leave distance, you walk a distance for almost from the bathroom. Now, in those times, keep in mind that when we're talking about a, a well, now we're going to talk about a bathroom that had a wall. And all it is really is a wall that was erected or built between a Rishusarabim and a field that was designated for to take care of people's needs. So, when we're talking about a wall now that has holes in it, um, here you go. So we're talking about a wall right now that has that has holes in it that separates the Rosh Hashanah in a public domain from the bathroom. So the Gemara says, Tanya Yidah, we have another b'risa. Someone who enters an established bathroom, meaning again, a field that was already designated as a bathroom. Before you go in, you have to take your tefillin off at least four amos before going into the bathroom. That we established, that is the halacha. That's the way Paskin today. Now, we're talking about assuming that you are going to take care of number two, that you're going to have to relieve yourself, number two, gedolim, so you have to take your tefillin off. We're going to see later on, what are you allowed to urinate while wearing tefillin? We'll see that in a, uh, later on. Umanichan <clears throat> bachalon. And so you actually, there used to be holes in the wall that separated the wall, the Rishusarabim from the bathroom. So in those holes, you would put your tefillin. <clears throat> Obviously with the assumption that you're not actually entering the bathroom with the tefillin. So, and you, which side of the wall? So one side of the wall faced the Rosh Harabim, and the other side of the wall, by definition, faced the bathroom, okay? So you should put your tefillin, you should put it on the side that's closer to the, facing the Rosh Harabim. Obviously, the holes went the whole way through, but let's say the wall was, let's say, four or five uh, feet thick, so you can either put it closer to the Rosh Harabim side, closer to the bathroom side. The reason why they were afraid to put it on the bathroom side is because there was an area of excrement, so rodents and vermin were there, and you didn't want to come back 20 minutes later and find, and, find, and find that they took it away or they were nibbling on it, whatever. It wasn't covered, it was a bizoy, a bizoy until the tefillin. So leave it there on the side facing the Rosh Hashanah. V'nichma has to go to the bathroom, take care of your things, do, do, you, do what you have to do. And then when you were to leave and finish, your, you're doing your business, you would leave the bathroom, you would wait at least a distance of four amos. You pick up your tefillin, walk four amos, about eight to ten feet, and then you, six, sorry, six to eight feet, and then you would go ahead and put your tefillin back on. That's going through Rabbi Shammai. Basil says you can you do take them off. He doesn't disagree. You have to take them off four hours before entering the bathroom, but you can actually hold them in your hand. You don't have to put them and leave them, deposit them in the in the holes of the wall. 
Rabbi Akiva takes it one step further. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Ochsan Bevigdo Venechnas. Not only, so we'll see in a second what this means. So Rabbi, Rabbi um, Basila says you can actually hold them in your hand. We'll see that Basila holds the ultimate Kedusha of the tefillin is when it's lying on you, when it's resting on you. When it's in your hand, it, obviously it's Kadosh, it's a Dovish of Dusha. We're going to see soon when it falls, it's a problem. But typically, if you're not wearing it, it doesn't have the same level of Kedusha. Therefore, you take it off, but you can hold it in your hand. Basil said, uh, Rabbi Kiva says, a little one step removed. Cover it in your, put it in your pocket, so to speak. Put it in your pocket. At least cover it. Give it a little bit of, uh, of shelter, of buffer between the bathroom and the tefillin. So Rabbi Kiva Omer, Ochsan Bevigdo Venechnas. Put it in your, inside your clothing. The Gemara says, Bevigdo Sakataitach. You really mean just to stuff it inside your jacket? What's the concern? It's going to fall. You can open up your jacket, take care of business, and it's going to fall on the floor. Zimnin mishtuli luvinoff. Sometimes you can forget about that it's there. You're going to unzip your jacket to start to, uh, to get ready to do your business, and it's going to fall on the floor. No, it doesn't actually mean you just put it in your pocket. It means you're holding it in your pocket. In other words, in your clothing and you're holding it at the same time. So you have the buffer of the clothing and you're holding it. And therefore, this double um, protection of in your clothing and holding it should suffice according to Rabbi Kiva. The Gemara says, and, and it continues in the name of Rabbi Kiva, and then you put it on the side, not facing, and you put it in the in the wall, not in the in the, in the wall facing the holes facing the bathroom, but rather sorry, of base, uh, facing the Rosh but rather in the bathroom. Now this is a problem. It doesn't make sense. Rabbi Kiva just said you can hold them in your hand. What does it mean? He says you can actually put it in the wall now. That Jay, help yourself to breakfast. So it doesn't make sense to say now that you can actually leave it in the wall. He just said you can actually hold it in your pocket. So actually, what they say is that what, when Rabbi Kiva says, he says, if you could hold it in your, in your shirt or in, in, your, in your pocket and hold it, that's fine. If you're not able to, because let's say the pockets are too small, then you go ahead and leave it on the wall. Okay, that's how they reinterpret this. However, he says, Never, ever, ever leave it on the side of the wall, the windows facing the Shusarabim. Why? What happened? A passerby may come, and he knows that the tefillin are very, uh, are very important, and he may hold it as ransom, so to speak. And what happened is, there was actually a Maisa, that the Talmud once went to the bathroom, took off his tefillin, he actually left it on the side of the wall facing Shusarabim. What happened? A zona came, a, a harlot came, and she actually took the tefillin. And listen to what she did. She got up in the base of Midrash, where this guy was learning was the Talmud, and she got up and announced, Look what this Talmud Yeshiva Bachar gave me as one night's schar for, um, for a one night stand. Obviously, it was a lie. When this Talmud heard, and it says on his tefillin bag, his name, and this is, she read the name and said, this is what he gave me. He obviously got so, uh, so upset and so embarrassed beyond, uh, beyond repair. He jumped, went onto the roof, and Nebuch took his life. And at that time, they went ahead and established that the halacha should be, you actually go into the bathroom, and you hold it in your backyard. This would seem to be like Rabbi Akiva, that you actually hold it in your clothing. And <clears throat> this way you don't leave yourself open to any problems, whether the, the mice or shots, a passerby will take it. Okay. We're going to get to a couple of lachas in a second. Say again? Right, but because, because, because you leave it un, un, unattended. What else are we leaving unattended? 
So, in other words, you, you just, you're, you're opening yourself to exposure, right? You're exposing yourself to liability. If you leave your tefillin there, something so chashiv, and you walk away from it. We don't really do that for anything else. We're not really cholates anything else. You're not taking anything off, else off, usually. So initially, Mark is going to give a, a proof for this. Initially, they used to go ahead and put the tefillin on the side of the wall facing the bathroom. Some of then vermin, mice, rodents would come and start to uh, take them, walk, uh, bite them, and walk away with them. So they went ahead and said, you know what, let's change it. Let's do an about face. Let's put it on the walls, on the, on the windows, closer to the side of the... Some of then people came by and said, you know, I know this is a valuable item. I could probably ransom it if I steal it. They'll, they're willing to pay top dollar for the tefillin. Therefore, and so in order to discourage people from taking the tefillin, so they establish, like Rabbi Akiva, they should hold it in your hand, in your pocket, but hold on to it. Don't just let it, put it in there, because then we, we're afraid it's going to fall. What is the halacha? Go on, you actually wrap up the ritzuos. Actually, when you're doing your thing, you actually can, should hold them, hold on to them against your heart. So therefore, Rashi actually says that you actually, um, <clears throat> you're supposed to actually um, not hold it in your clothing against Rabbi Kiva, but rather we pass in like Basilo, and therefore you don't have to hold it in your clothing, and therefore um, you should really uh, never put it in a place where it's sub- subject to be taken, because um, we're afraid it's going to fall. And then that last halacha for right now, Amr of Yosef Ben Yumi, Amr of Nachman Levach, Lotei Ritzua Yotei Mitachas Tefach. As long as the Ritzua is not showing. In other words, if you're going to put it in, you're going to hold it. Make sure that a Tefach of the Ritzua is not is not <coughs> exposed. Now, a couple questions here. We know that Tefillin is a Davar Shabekdusha. So okay, so it falls. What do we do if it falls? What is the Allah of Tefillin falls? So we all know that you're supposed to. Supposed to fast. Okay. So now, it is obviously in the Minog to fast, and brought down in the Igros Moshe, obviously in the Mishnah Burr beforehand. Some posts can rule, though, that if the tefillin fell by accident and not negligence, you don't have to fast. The, the out of fasting is always to give tzedakah. So if it was due out of negligence, then you have to fast. If it was due at, to an accident, then unforeseen, you don't have to fast. Oh, outside the bag. In the bag, when you get to the next Gemara. If you have a double key, so you have double covering, it's fine. You can even bring it to the bathroom. Most people don't realize when you come off of a plane and you have, let's say, a carry-on, and your tefillin is in the, in the first in the regular small tefillin bag, and then in the bigger plastic bag. Inside your suitcase, your carry-on, you can bring it into a bathroom. You can, if you have someone outside to watch it, it's better. But you're allowed to. That's already a triple key, so that's fine. It doesn't have to be in your suitcase. Doesn't have to be in your suitcase technically. But I'm saying most people are having it in their in their uh, in, the, in their carry-on. Talus is not the same, but we don't we don't wear a talus anyway. Talus cotton, yes, the talus godo, we don't put it. We take it off. When we go to the bathroom, we take off your talus godo. It's not as it's not as kadosh. Doesn't have any partials on it, but uh, yeah, we we still give it. Obviously, afford it uh, kedusha. Kavod. If the owner of the tefillin, what happens if the owner of the tefillin that fell was not there when they fell, or if you saw someone else's tefillin fall? It's not like a Sefer Torah. Remember last week we spoke about the three levels, Gemara Menachos discusses the three levels of Kedusha between a Sefer Torah, Tefillin, and a Mezuzah. Right? We saw Rashi said Sefer Torah is much more Kadosh, has, has a Kedusha Chamura more than Tefillin and more than Mezuzah because of the number of Parshios it contains. Right? We saw the Piskei Redo said it has nothing to do with the number of Parshios. It has to do with the placement towards you. So, and he, Piskei Redo, went so far as to say... That tefillin's more important because it's on the body, and the Torah is in the Arun Kodesh. And mezuzah comes in a distant third because it's on the entranceway to your house. 
But no, the Yehuda disagreed. He said, no, the Gemara seems to compare Tefillin and Torah together and mezuzah on a different level. But we see there's certainly <coughs> an inherent level of Kedusha. Once, thank you. Amen. Certainly, different level of kedusha when there's when there's uh, a divrei Torah and it's a partial. So that's why Talis uh, Marty, even though it doesn't have the same level of kedusha, we certainly take it off before we go into a shul, uh, into a bathroom. So if the owner of the tefillin that fell did not see them fall, or if you saw someone else's tefillin, you do not have to fast. That's our Moshe Paskin. Okay, so if it's not your tefillin, you see someone else, you don't you don't have to uh, you don't have to um, fast. Now if the tefillin are covered. Fasting is not required. It's better you can give tzedakah, but you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to fast. And the Kafa Chaim gives a tremendous cool and says if it falls from less than ten tefachim, I don't know, like from this distance of the floor, you certainly don't have to fast. We're talking about if it's outside the double bag. If you're tefillin already, let's say on a, on a, uh, a low bench, and they fall, he says it's it's so low that you don't have to go ahead and, and fast. Question. Before we get to the, the dinner of Ritzua, Ritzua has Kedusha, we'll see in a second. Rashi gives an explanation why. We'll discuss about Hilchas Ritzuas in a second. I think I discussed this once, which just hit me now. Why do we wear tefillin dafka by, by chakras? We're supposed to be wearing tefillin really all day long. And we're supposed to really be wearing talis gadol all day long. And yet, where do we put it on? Other than Tishabov, when do we put it on? By chakras. So there's an amazing Meshachachma, if anyone remembers, I said this many, many... Uh, Many, many moons ago. The Pasuk and Bereshus were all familiar with him. Perak Yudal, the Pasuk of Gimel says, Vayom Ravam Lamelech Sedom, Harimosi Yodi El Hashem, Kel Yom Konish Maritz, I think, and to, uh, talking to the Melech Sedom after the victory, and the Melech Sedom said, take all the, take all the booty, just give me all the, all the, uh, the captives. So what's Avram's response? In Michut Vatzrochnal, from a string or a leather, a strap of leather, in Ekach Mikola Shalach, below Samar Niyashatit Avram. Avram, Shuts him up. He says, you're not giving me a thing. I never want to say that you made new wealthy. All my wealth comes from the Ebershter. I don't want a string or a leather shoelace. <laughs> the Gemara, the Gemara in Chul and Daf Peites, listen to what it says. Rav says, in the Zuchus of Avram Zavino, giving, giving out a, 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 a Hakara Satov to HaKadosh Baruch and saying everything belongs to him. I don't want you, Melech Sodom, filth, to say that you are the one who made me rich. We were zochet to two mitzvahs. What are the two mitzvahs? Chut shel tfilin. And the ritzua shel tfilin, the leather, chut is the tcheles, and srochnal, leather, is... So the Meshachachma says it beautifully. Avram, it's because of his chus that we were zochet to tfilin and tzitzis. Who was the av, the three of us who was misakin shachris? It was Avram, Yitzhak made Mincha, Yaakov made Marv, in his zechus, since we got the mitzvahs. Oh, right. That's the Yeah, that's the shachas. So therefore, if we're only going to wear, they state the Meshachachma, that you all, it's Davka shachas, because it's in his zechus. So if he was one, it was a Sakin shachas, what better a chorus at right? It's like we say, I may be Olam, if you, Omer Bishem Omro. If you give credit to the person who said it, you, you bring the Ula to the Olam. So, so this is the, 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 the credit we give Avram. Avram was in the Sakein Shachrit, and his chos resulted to these two unbelievable mitzvahs, so that's why we're them there. Okay, now, as far in general, there are ten halachas l'moshem Sinai that are given about tefillin. So let's just take a break for a second. So let me just bring out tefillin so I can explain a little bit about the, uh, the, uh, the physical... Uh, Let's do, don't drop it, right? Don't drop it. Good advice. Good advice. 
I'll keep it less than ten tefachim, so we're not we don't have a problem. Have a bagel first. Yes, yes. Yep. Hello, this is here. What's an example of, of, of dropping them like not by accident? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it always sort of be by accident? No. So I mean, if, if you didn't know, no, no, so were there. If you if, if you if you backed into a table and didn't see them there, I mean, you know, negligence means you just literally didn't care. Yeah, someone trips you, you fall into a table, and you knock off the fill-in. Okay, so now. No, it's not. No, if negligence, negligence, you have to fast. If it's accident, you don't have to fast. Oh, negligence means... You're walking with your fill-in, the other hand, you're scrolling on your phone. There you go. There you go. Okay. So, the Gemara Menachos stuff... Excellent, we're going to get to that in a second. So the the Gemara Menachos and Shabbos Menachos Lamed Hey Shabbos Chav Ches gives us ten halachos l'Moshe Masinai regarding tefillah. They're not found in the Torah. They were halach l'Moshe Masinai, and let's just go over them. One of them is that we'll get to the Ritzuos in a second. One must write tefillin with an ink known as Dio. Dio is a special type of ink. The Gemara in Yerushalmi says this in Megillah. The Rambam passes this way as well that you have to write tefillin with a certain type of ink. Number two, it has to be written on, on cloth, okay? The Gemara Menachos says this. You have to fashion a titora. So what is a titora? So we have this square, and we're going to see in a second, the one of Lechos Moshe Sinai is that the width and the depth, let's say, not the height, the width and the depth of a tefillin, we're talking about the tefillin Shorosh now, Shoyat also, but this is a tefillin Shorosh, has to be the exact same, it has to be a square. But not the height, the height can be taller. But the, the width and the depth have to be the exact same um, uh, proportions. So that, that's a titara. There also has to be, number four has to be marvarta. Marvarta is the passageway. The part that the ritsua passes through the bite. This is called the bite as a whole. The, this is the marvarta, the passageway. So everyone see where the, where the ritsuas go through? It's called the ma'avarta. Avar is pass. Right? Ivri Anochi Avram says, I passed over. I'm from the other side. So it's not ma'avar. Uh, made famous by Benny Friedman. He wrote the song in uh, Sefer Yonah. I always take a Mavar seat on the plane. I hear you. I hear you. So, okay, so it has to go, that's the Mavarta. So one Allah has yet to have the Torah, which is a base that's bigger than the Ribuah, bigger than, the, the, than the, the square, and you have to have a Mavarta. Okay, now, um, <clears throat> now did anyone notice ever that there are two shins? You have to have a shin, basically, that protrudes. On the left, the shin is four, has four, um, arms, let's say, and on the right it has three. Now it has to be chakuk, it has to be engraved, meaning that you basically cut around it so that the shin protrudes. This is the first letter of shakai, we have shin on the shorosh. By the way, anyone know why four and three? Seven. No, 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 but why, why are they not consistent? So many answers given. The smag, say from Mitzvah Kedolos, gives one answer, and that is that the shin on the, on the, um, on the right side, which is three, is the normal shin. But he says the shin on the luchos had four. And it corresponds to the shin on the luchos. He says, because at that time, if you remember, the letters were not the typical letters that were in. It was the, was chokok. It was carved out. So it had the appearance of four. That's what the Sefer Mitzvah Gadola says. So we have four on the left, three on the right. Easy way to remember, left is four letters. So you have four, le- four arms on the left side and three on the right. So that spells the first of the, of the letters. The Dalit, there's a Dalit on the back. So right now, if you remember, we saw Rashi also in Machlokas with the Rid last week, as far as the Tefillin, which is, we said that if Tefillin Shel Rosh become worn out, you cannot make Tefillin Shel Yad from it. Because you can never descend in Kedusha. Aye, why? 
So Rashi said the same thing, because of quantity. When he said it's Sefer Torah and Tefillin, he said because it's Sefer Torah is more partials. So Rashi said the reason why Shel Yad is more Chamor, has a higher level of Kedusha, because it has two of the three letters of Shakai. You have the Shin here, and you have the Dalit on the Kesher. Whereas in the Shel Yad, you just have the Yud on, on the Kesher. Again, the Piskei read disagreed. He said it has nothing to do with that. It has to do also with the proximity to the person. Heart versus head. In any event. Okay. What about the little threads there? So that's something else. So the threads have to also come, by the way. That's also one of the, uh, the halachas of the Moshe of Sinai. You have to actually close this with the sinew of a kosher animal. Now, for some reason, we use the heel of an ox. That's the minog. I don't know why. But the minog is that these sinews, these strands, should come from the... It has to be a kosher animal, by the way. The animal does not have to be shechted. It does not have to be shechted. You're not eating it. It has to come from a kosher animal, but you don't have to shecht it. So, How about those little threads that protrude in the front? Uh, right, so that also should come from a kosher animal. Why? What's, uh, Here, they have a couple. You have, most of them have a few threads sticking up. Um, what the reason for that is? Um, it's sinew, but they just call it threads. That's, yeah. that, that's not part of the Mokhamu Sinai. Um, now, the Ritsuos must be black, okay? And, and you have to fashion a... Yes, yeah, so that, that's what we're going to talk about. So the Kesher, if Rashi actually says, why the, it says as long as you don't have any, uh, any of the, of the Ritsua coming out. Look at Rashi for a second. We are in the Rashi uh, probably about 15 lines from the bottom. What is so special about the Ritsua? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, right, we said you can roll it up, keep it in your, in your, in your bag or in your, in, your, in your shirt, hold on to it, as long as you should roll it up, as long as a tefach of the ritsua is not coming out. By the way, if a ritsua can't be coming out, certainly a bite can't be coming out. The actual tefillin, <clears throat> tefillin, the bite houses the partials. Obviously, it's on a higher, higher level of kedusha, but a ritsua still has kedusha. Rashi says, sheishba kedusha, sherei boren hu kosher. So through the ritsuos is how we tie our tefillin. So we just said you have the Dalid. So the Shin is on the outside, we saw, of the Shalrosh. And so the Ritsuos comprise two of the three letters. That's why they're Kadosh. It represents Shem Havaya, and it has two of the letters. We, we tie. The Dalit and the Yud comes with it. Okay, so therefore, a little piece coming out from the, uh, from the Shalyad, and you have the Yud, and therefore you have the two letters. So the Ritzuos definitely have some Kedusha. So let's do some Alachos regarding Ritzuos. So I think, uh, Dr. Bruxen, just you just asked me if it has to be black. So he was talking about the back. The kuleyama, the front, has to be back. Has to be. We'll see in a second. We'll see in a second. <clears throat> so the Gemara Menachos Daflamine says as follows. This is related to Ritzuos. Amar Rav Yitzchak. Ritzuos shecharos halachal moshe masinai. Black. Ritzuos halachal moshe masinai. Kuleyama lo pligi. You can't argue that. That's the halacha. Now, Mesve, we have another Gemara. Tefillin in kosher. No sen alabimin ben yirukos ben shecharos ben levados. You could have white, red. Not red, sorry. White, dafka, not red. We'll get to that in a second. You can have white. Black or green, ritzuos. Not red. Adumos you can never make. Why? For two reasons. Either it looks like a wound and blood came on it, or even worse, that you had relations with a nida and, it, and your tefillin got stained. Uh, it's hard to imagine the scenario, but in any event. So you can't wear red. Ritzuos cannot be red. So the Gemara says you can have white 
green or black. And then we just said, black. So how, if it's black, how can it be white or green? So, <clears throat> Gemara says it's not a problem. It says, um, No, we're talking about one is on the inside, one's on the outside. So if it's on the outside, inside, what's the problem? Because no, sometimes the, the, the rituals flip. We see that all the time. They flip. And if they flip and they're white or they're green, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not kosher. Now, it doesn't suggest it's not kosher because there are plenty of people. I just re- did my rituals maybe three, four years ago. Until then, I have, I presume most people here have white on the inside. Who has white on the inside? White. In other words, the regular. The regular. It's not painted. Flesh color. It's like brown. It's brownish. Brownish. But how many have black on the inside? The new machmer ones. The new machmer Correct. So that's what I was saying. About four years ago, I switched. So we're going to see whether that's the halacha that you have to do that. I think we get tevorle and bracha. I think those we'll see in a second. The shevet halevi, the shmuel vosner has psak. We'll get to that in a second. So we see that on the outside, they're supposed to be black. On the inside. We don't really want to do a different color because we're afraid that it might flip over and you might see. In fact, this is the Rambam Paskins that the outside of Ritsuas uh, must be black, but the inside is not, says the Rambam. The Rambam says, Both the The outside must be black. But on the inside, on the inside, if they were green or white, they're kosher. Listen to what he says here. He says, never make them red for the reasons we just gave, blood, whatever. And then he says, and then he says, <coughs> the Rambam says, he's all about fashion. You have to match. If the back of your Ritsuos are green, the bottom have to be green. That's what he says. He says, If the back of your tzuos are white, then your shoyad, the bite has to be, has to be also. But he says it's appropriate. Anoy is a decoration, meaning it's an adornment. It looks nicer. It's more pleasing to the eye if they don't clash. If it's the same color that the retsuros on the outside is the same color as the bite. Probably talking about the actually uh, of the shoyad. Now, <clears throat> Tosvas and the Rush disagree, as since the Gemara does never discusses the color of the batim, they just presume la'alacha that everything should be black. That's, what, and that's in fact the Shulchan Aruch Paschal. The Shulchan Aruch says, in Simon Laman Gimel, says, Ksheros halacha l'mosh v'sinah, the halacha is, the outside of the tzuros have to be black. Again, everyone, so just not to malign Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Maskus, I'm sure he was talking about the inside, because the outside is lachemosh v'sinah, aval mitzad ponim yasem ezet seva shiyirtza, Shulchan Aruch says, you can make it any color you want on the inside. Chutz me'adam, except for red, as we just discussed. Otherwise, people think it got stained with blood. Or habata mitzvah And he says, he continues, in Laman, he goes, one similar early Laman Reis, he says, or habatim, but the bias, the actual, the bias is housing the parashios, mitzvah lasosa shachar. It should be black. So this is how we paskin. Question is, we still don't know what about the back of the Ritzua. So we, now we know the outside of the Ritzua has to be black. that the bite has to be black. What about the back of the back of the Ritzuos? So the Arizal actually has a safer called the Shara Kavanos, and actually the Arizal says he says now it should be black, it should be black like Kaorev, like a raven, Kaorev. So the the um, the Arizal had the minog that the back of the Ritzua should also be black. 
And a, a modern-day posek, or Shua Vosner, in the uh, Shevet Alevi, listen to us, he's so sensitive. He was asked this question, do the back of the Ritzuos have to be back? So the Shevet Alevi passed and said as follows. It says, G'dole Yisrael, poske adoras, the greats of the greats, the giants of the past generations, poske adoras, lo choshu lahaning afilu never made this decree that even the back of the Ritzuos have to be black. There was obviously a reason. It's such an easy thing to do. Just paint it back. You're painting everything else back. Paint the back of the Ritzuos back. There must be a compelling reason why they didn't do it. If the post game, again, they've given us a lot more challenging chumras than painting the black of your back of your Ritzuos black. He says there must be a reason why they didn't do it. Who, who am I to go ahead and change the halacha? He says, so on, you get a bracha. If, if individuals want to take upon themselves this added chumrah, but he says, but to make a stark psak, I don't see a need, says Yeshua Vosner, to go ahead and say that you have to go ahead and have them black. So for all those who have them natural color, you're fine. For all those who have black, yeah. I was, I was taught that you're not, it's not ideal to have the Ritsua flip where you can see the tan color on the inside. Right, exactly. So many people Tuck them in, exactly, the correct, correct. So they stay black. Correct. Stay we got to get Adidas to make the track pants with little loops, otherwise 90% of the kids today are wearing the track pants without the loops. Hello, you're not saying that. You're saying the opposite. No. I'm wondering why... No, because they're inevitably going to flip sometimes. Because not everyone has the loop or belt. You're saying the Shulchan Aruch says it's okay if they're green or white, it's okay on the inside. Correct. The Shulchan Aruch says it's okay. Now it is your outside. Now it's it's exactly correct. You know, I'm talking about the ideal. That's the problem. When it flips, it's your outside and it's not black. Correct. Okay, now. What are the length of the Ritzuos? We we discussed the color. How long do the Ritzuos have to be? So the Mishnah Brura says, I'm going to read it just, ideally it should be long enough that it can be wrapped around the arm seven times like we do, and the middle finger three times, and the shell rosh should come and at least have a couple tfachim on the sides. But how long do we actually, everyone notice that it's purposely longer? One is longer than the other? Yeah, the right side, yeah. So, happens to be that the right side is supposed to go past the mila, and the left side is past the belly button, the navel. Why exactly, I'm not sure, but the right side goes past the mila, and that is the halacha brought down in Mishnah Brua. So if you'll notice that it's never even. The right side is always longer. So the right side we know now has three. The left has four. But to compensate, I guess, the left is shorter and the right is longer. I don't know. It's like the uh, Mara Katan Mara Gadol. You have to compensate and giving him stars. Okay. So now, what's the minimum width of the Ritsua? We know the length. What's the minimum width? So it's supposed to be a minimum. Again, I don't know where they got these numbers. 11 millimeters. Worst case scenario, nine millimeters. I will tell you though, the Shul, the Be'er Alacha brings down, because the Mishnah Baruch, the same author, actually sometimes when we wrap our tefillin, it gets so taut and tight that it's actually less than nine millimeters. You have to be careful. Because when we first, when we fasten it and make it tight, over years and years of usage, it actually, you know, usually it stretches, but sometimes it condenses because we pull it tight there. And if it's less than nine millimeters, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. It's because the length is stretching. Correct. So it's, it's, it, it is, it's being sacrificed. You are correct. Now, when the Ritsuos get old and the black starts to peel off, you have to go ahead and paint, paint it. And you have to say, the Shei Mitzvah's tefillin. Can a woman paint? Can a woman paint the tefillin? Can, can a cotton paint the tefillin? So the answer is, the Shulchan Aruch says as follows. Shochanah says, a woman may blacken the Ritsuos, and a katan can actually color the Ritsuos, says the Mishnah Brua, if you have a 
Gadol Omer Agaban. If you have a Gadol on top of him, making sure he says it, who actually almost like lends his das, right, the kavanas to the, to, the, to the younger child. So you can have a woman can color the ritzios, which is somewhat of a chiddush because the women are not involved in tefillin at all, right? So it's not grama. So for them to even partake, partake of it, but they're allowed to, to color it. They should have the same kavana, and a child can do it, assuming that, a, that, a, that an adult is standing over him and, uh, and having that. Now, what happens, by the way, if you actually painted it and you did not have the proper kavana? What are you supposed to do? You actually have to repaint them with the proper kavana. You actually have to repaint them. So some halachos dealt with tefillin and ritzua, all stemming from the fact that you, we saw from the Gemara you cannot have a ritzua sticking out. Okay, in the last two minutes, let's go on a little weiter. So, so we said all this about taking out the tefillin, putting it in your, in your clothes or holding it negative against your heart is assuming that it's still light in the day because we're asking that Lila loves Mount Fillin. That's what makes it the Mitzvah's essay, Shazmah Grom, we hold Shabbos loves Mount Fillin and Lila's, Shabbos and Lila, therefore women are Pturos. But so if it's, if it's literally a minute before Shkia when you walk into the bathroom and you know you're not putting them back on, you don't have to wrap, then it's a whole different mindset. If there's no more time after you come out and you exit the bathroom after taking care of your needs, and it's already 15 minutes past Shkia and you're not going to put them on anymore, then Oslan come in, kiss Tafach Then you put them in the bag. You don't have to roll them up the way you normally do with the intent to, to, to wear them again. You put them in their permanent receptacle, let's say, their bag, and you, and you leave them outside, obviously. Richok Arbamos. Amar Abrahan, Amar Rabbiokhan, Golan come in, say for Torah. And what you do is you roll them up permanently. In other words, the truth is when we go to the bathroom and we take off our tefillin, usually we just put them in the bathroom. We don't necessarily wrap them up. Because we know we're coming back in three, four minutes. We're putting them back again. As opposed to when we put them on away for the day, we wrap them up. So the, the way you wrap them up is really different if it's going to be for a, a two-minute pause or for the night pause. We're going to discuss next week why it says tefach. The bag has to have at least a, the, the, the receptive capacity of a tefach. And we'll see next week. Again, I'm not here tomorrow. I apologize. The reason is because a tefach in and of itself, if there's, a, if there's a capacity of a tefach, that separates it from the outside. If it's just, let's say, a wrapper, that's, you're putting something so tight to tefillin that it doesn't have the capacity outside of the tefillin in that bag to hold a tefach, it does not... It's not, um, a, 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 it's not bottle to the outside. It's as, if, it's as if there's no covering. As if there's no covering. So in order for it to be deemed that it's a covering, has to be enough space in there to hold a tefach. A tefach has a fist. So if on top of your tefillin, you can put your fist in the bag, then, then this bag serves as a separation, a buffer between the outside. So obviously this has impact bringing it into the bathroom. If you're going to wrap it in cellophane, right? Let's say you, you put your tefillin in a bias and then wrap it in cellophane. You can't, that's not a double kisoy. It might seem on the outside to be a double key, sorry, a double covering, but since there's not recept, and we learned this halacha from where? Toma. Toma. Oh, to, oh, very good. From Tomas Ohel. We know that earthenware that's closed has to have at least a tefach. And every other, every, if it's in a, in a house with a, with a dead body, um, <coughs> then everything contracts Toma. It's called Tomas Ohel. Anything that's under the same roof contracts Toma, except earthenware. Why, why not earthenware? Why everything else but earthenware? Earthenware is the only thing you can't put in a mikvah. It doesn't have any other process to become tar. Earthenware is going to disintegrate in a mikvah. So everything else becomes tame. But earthenware, cleats some in pasilalav, if it's, if it's closed, if there's a jar, again, we don't use earthenware jars today, but if it's a jar with a sealed lid, anything inside, as long as it has a tefach, is, is still tar, even in a house where everything is tame. 
But everything else, doesn't matter if it's closed or not, becomes Tomei, Tumas, oh, we'll, we'll speak about little Tumah next week. Have, it sounds bad. Hilchas Tumah. Uh, next week, have a wonderful day. Please take home bagels. Mazel tov again. Mazel tov to you guys. Share, now we're up to share 101.